again and welcome to The Golfing Mind, the podcast which always looks at the game of golf in very general terms, but specifically our area of interest is in the mental game, the the mind game of golf, uh, the old noggin, the old grey matter, what's going on between the top six inches, that space between your ears as uh, Bobby Jones refers to it. It's interesting that when you think about um, golf particularly, uh, it seems to be a game which causes more emotional distress to individuals than most other games I know. I, I know few games where people seem to get as upset as often as they do in a game of golf. You never see chess grandmasters shaking their head. You never see people playing checkers uh, kicking the table over. Uh, or maybe you have done, I haven't. But in golf, the number of times clubs get banged in the ground or people shout their name or just look up to the heavens in despair, it seems incredibly common in golf. And it has its fair set of agonies and setbacks we have to deal with. And I wanted today, being part of the is it the New Year reflection, is to, to look at this whole idea of you know, how do we manage setbacks, especially when we have almost certainly set ourselves some pretty uh, special goals we'd like to achieve um, for this year, and then suddenly it's not happening, or the two hours of practice we put into wedge play uh, manages to give us a shank the first time we are playing the shot on a course. It's, it is frustrating, but you shouldn't let it define you. Um, I think it was Jack Nicholas who said, people don't seem to realise how often you have to come second in order to finish first. And he said, I've never met a winner who hadn't learned how to be a loser. And that's a very sort of nice sentiment, isn't it? Because I think when people lose, they think, oh, I'm such a loser, or they can't think that, which I think is the worst thing you can ever do. I think you can either say, what did I learn from that experience? Or how can I grow from that experience? But not to to beat yourself up and say, oh, I'm a loser. But, you know, if Nicholas himself said he lost a lot more tournaments than he ever won. So I think we need to put losing in perspective. So what I wanted to do today is just talk about how do you manage these setbacks? How do you manage that incredible sense of disappointment or frustration that can occur when you're having a friendly game, a competition round, or you're playing match play, or even when you're playing your nemesis and you come to the last hole and then you hit the worst shot you could possibly ever imagine hitting. Nobody likes to lose, and we are conditioned throughout our lives and by nature to want to come out on top. When we come up short, the experience is disappointing and sometimes humiliating. For young children playing games, winning is everything, and when they lose, there's often a vocal outburst and sometimes tears and tantrums. As we grow up, experience life and hopefully mature, we realize that winning is not everything and losing is part of the game. We learn to accept it, but that does not mean we like it. Accepting things as they are is the best way to let go of them. Otherwise, we burn negative memories into our subconscious mind and they stay there and pop up unexpectedly and usually at the worst possible time. Most of us over time learn to accept losing 
For some people, it gives rise to negative emotions, thoughts and feelings. Look, it's okay to be annoyed. It's absolutely natural. I mean, I get annoyed. So to be frustrated when we lose a match, we really should have won, isn't that big a deal? Or at least, if it's not a big deal, it's natural. It's human nature to experience feelings of helplessness and frustration when inexplicably our powers of concentration and control disappear and we experience failure and loss. Every golfer who has ever picked up a club and played any form of competitive golf, even at a social level, will have experienced this. There's no magic bullet to take away these feelings. What we must do, however, is recover from them as quickly as possible. But how? When I was at university studying anatomy and physiology, one of my senior lecturers said that he believed the best indicator to physical fitness was the speed at which we return to a normal resting heart rate after exercise. To put this in simple context, consider three people climbing two flights of stairs in a building. One is Mr. Fit, a seriously competitive triathlete. Another is Mr. Average, who doesn't do much exercise, but is in reasonable condition. The third is Mr. Blob, who does no exercise at all, eats all the wrong food, in excess, is dangerously overweight, and manages his health through medication. Upon reaching the second floor, Mr. Fit will probably not even be out of breath and his heart rate will have increased very slightly and likely recover to normal in under two minutes. Mr. Average will be breathing harder and feeling his legs burn. His heart rate will probably be 60% faster than normal and he will take four to six minutes to recover to his resting rate. Mr. Blob, however, will have been the slowest of the three. He'll be breathing very heavily and sweating. His heart rate will have spiked at 80% above normal and it may take up to 15 minutes to return to normal. We can see clearly in this example that the faster we recover, the sooner we are ready to continue at our best. If we take this notion to the golf course and apply it to those times when we experience failure and frustration, we can see that we have to let go of the pain of losing a hole or a match or missing an important shot and get ourselves back to the state in which we are most comfortable and able to play our best golf. It would be impossible to pretend that a 12-inch putt for victory horseshoes out. It simply doesn't matter and continue on our merry way impervious to the experience we have just suffered. We are human and we react emotionally, which is absolutely fine. The key is to let it go as quickly as possible and move on to the next shot. It's interesting, I've been reading recently uh, the biography of Byron Nelson, who talked about playing against a number of players and in particular mentioned Ben Hogan. And he said that Ben Hogan gave his full attention to every shot he played, really focused hard. But if Ben Hogan lost a match, he was still good company afterwards. He didn't, people always see him as this taciturn man who is focused and really winning was everything, but apparently not the case. Playing his best golf was everything. Winning, obviously important, but when he didn't win, it didn't seem to bug him. You know, a good mantra for such occasions 
when we miss an easy shot or make an awful mistake to lose is forgive and forget. It is as true in life as it is in the golf course. If we are unable to forgive others or ourselves for an injustice done to us and hold on to that feeling, it does not improve the quality of our lives. It may give us a feeling of satisfaction, but it will not heal or help us in the long run. On every golf course, if we carry the agony of a bad shot with us, it will bug us and dominate our thinking when we're faced with a similar situation in the future. So if we can simply forgive the feeling of anger and forget the incident, then we will be able to move on and give ourselves every opportunity to play at our best. This is much easier when we become mindful on the course, which means we keep our attention in the present, looking neither forward nor backwards. This takes conscious practice. Over time, it will become automatic, so that when some unfortunate shot, heaven forbid, uh, occurs, we can experience it in the moment and then quite simply let it go. Not discuss it for the next five minutes, not hark back to it in the locker room when we are adding up our score. It's history. Forget it. Recent advances in positive psychology demonstrate conclusively that we perform better when we're happy and in a positive state of mind. The common sense notion is that if I win, I'll be happy. And there is some logic to that way of thinking. Success is our goal. Achieving that goal makes us happy. However, it also assumes that our capacity to be happy is conditional. So if winning makes us happy, losing makes us unhappy. Clinical research highlighted in the book The Happiness Advantage by Sean Aker demonstrates that only 25% of career success is related to intelligence. The remaining 75% is connected to optimism levels, social support, and ability to see stress as a challenge, not a threat. Now, this is very important for golfers. Stress should be seen as a challenge, not a threat or an indicator that we're not able, 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 able to, uh, to play well. And I think it's interesting with the research and the work I've done over the years that 80% of the skills we need to be successful in life are attitudinal skills. So golf is no different. You know, the most intelligent people aren't the best golfers and the people with the best swings aren't the best golfers. Uh, they play better than a lot of other people. But winners, I promise you, have got the mental game more or less figured out to their best advantage. The research also shows, since we're talking about statistics and numbers, that 31, that uh, the brain is 31% more productive when positive than when negative, neutral or stressed. Happy people bring on, happy salespeople bring in an average 37% more revenue than those who are not. Happy physicians are 19% better at making a correct diagnosis than those who are negative, neutral, or stressed. And wow, that takes some, uh, that takes some figuring out, doesn't it? It's convinced me that I need to find happy doctors going forward. 
Look, if we can make happiness a consequence of how we perceive our world and its events rather than a product of our experiences and events, we have a powerful tool to employ to our advantage. In the words of the popular song, don't worry, be happy. When we adopt a positive, happy outlook, the things that previously caused us upset and distress are less likely to affect us. So when you get back into your golf game this year, if you go back to practice and you hit bad shots, don't get down on yourself. Don't be negative. Don't hang on to it. Just work out what went wrong and do your best to fix it. That genuinely would be my, my advice going forward for this year. Now, I often say about the game of golf, if you're serious about getting better, um, get in touch. I have an online program. Um, it's available and it's available through seegergolf.com. If you go there, you'll find links. The first lesson's free. Um, it, there are various programs and at various price points. So if it's something you'd like to do, please get in touch. Or you don't have to get in touch. You can do the basic silver program and it's only 399 dollars um so and that's a great investment well i would say that wouldn't i but uh, equally if you have any questions please send me an email and i'll write back to you if i can otherwise i'll mention it on the next podcast we have an interview coming up next week which i'm very excited about and i think you'll thoroughly enjoy until we meet again play good golf but more importantly enjoy yourself take care and all the best <laughs>